Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be rounding out our Ant-Man series. Today is Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, this is going to be a spoiler-free review if you have not seen the movie. Uh, don't worry, I won't spoil anything. I think, uh, I don't know if I'll do a spoiler review uh, in the near future or not, I'm really debating on whether or not I'll do spoiler reviews, uh, in the future, but, um, you know, as far as this one goes, I'm just going to keep it, I'll keep it extremely vague, I'll keep it extremely, you know, I won't spoil nothing, so if you have not seen Ant-Man Quantumania, don't, don't worry about spoilers, because I'm not going to give it away, so, uh, but anyways, this is the third film in the Ant-Man series, and in this film, we follow uh, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, um, Michael Douglas, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Catherine Newton, who, by my calculations, is now the third actress to play Cassie Lang, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, which kind of always bothers, which kind of bothered me. Because seeing that the young girl from the first two Ant-Man films would have aged with the films and she would have been an adult. But I think because of... And then the girl that we got in uh, Avengers Endgame was much older. And then I think, you know, Catherine Newton is a little bit uh, younger than that. So it's kind of kind of all over the place uh, with that. But anyway, all five of our new characters uh, go to the quantum realm uh, by an accidental by an accidental device that Cassie has made, and they end up uh, in this, what looks like a hostile takeover of the quantum realm by Kang the Conqueror, played by Jonathan Majors. Um, this movie really reminded me of, like, Star Wars and um, even the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl uh, for some reason and everything like that, because... You're going to a distant planet or a distant place, and you realize you're in the middle of a hostile takeover. I think, I honestly think that this movie, you know, it really didn't, I don't think it resonated. Like, the whole movie takes place in the quantum realm. You know, the opening scenes, the opening scenes were still in San Francisco and all this other stuff, but overall, we're just, we're in the quantum realm about 95% of the movie, and it definitely, it had the look and feel of like a Star Wars, Mad Max feel, you know, all these different people, and you don't realize what's really going on until it kind of hesitates from there, and then um, you realize that there is some someone waiting for us, and you can tell by the, by the look and feel of Janet Van Dyne that, you know, they're gonna, they're in for a rude awakening. But the movie... It's like one big CGI fest. Some of the CGI works, uh, the rest of it, not so much. Like, I took my kids to go see this movie, and we saw it in 3D. This movie really looks good in 3D. Like, they really kind of popped it out with the 3D effects and everything like that. But something about this story really just didn't didn't sit well with me. Like, for some reason, I felt as if they were kind of giving... Cassie Lang's character a little bit too much uh, weight to kind of carry, so to speak, because I was like, well, this is a bit much. 
And then the character of the Wasp, you know, it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, part one and part two, basically. Part two, we had Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I think eventually Lily really kind of came into her own in that character with her own suit and everything like that. But here in Quantumania, her character kind of takes a back seat, and that really surprised me. And I said, huh, they make her be one of the bright spots of a subpar movie because I didn't think Ant-Man and the Wasp was that great of a film, but she, she eventually Lily's performance was probably one of the bright spots of it. Like she got more to do from her. She kind of upgraded, so to speak, like in Ant in the first Ant-Man, she's pretty good in Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's a little bit better. You know, she got a lot, you know, she's given a lot more to do and she carries it with herself and it's very good. But in Ant-Man Quantumania, she takes a back seat, and I didn't understand why. You know, I really didn't understand why that was. I, 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 I didn't get it, really. I, I, I want to say it's because they're trying to, they're grooming the Cassie Lane character to kind of take over, which I'm kind of getting that vibe, and I hope they don't do that. Because we've already had so many iterations of a new character taking over a title, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson is going to be the new Captain America. Uh, Florence Pugh is going to be the new Black Widow. Kate Bishop is the new Hawkeye. And they tried to do it with Thor, but it didn't really work. And, you know, now we're going to get a new Ant-Man or a new Wasp and everything like that. And that didn't really sit well with me because... Like I said, they kind of gave this character a little bit too much to do, and I don't think she had really earned it. And I didn't think she was really going to be that that featured prominently. You know, like, even, in, like, the whole backstory with Michelle Pfeiffer and everything like that was a little kind of, I don't want to say it kind of came out of nowhere, but you understand, you understand her motivations. Hank Pym at the same time was, you know, hilarious and everything like that he's i think michael douglas has always been fantastic as hank pym in all of the in all three of these films so to speak but and then of course the addition of michelle pfeiffer has always been great but i don't know i think the whole identity stuff with with ant-man and his daughter really really didn't sit well with me it 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 really i don't want to say it comes out of left field but it just feels abrasive and abrupt and it wasn't all that interesting you know, the idea that he's not a hero. I was like, well, he did. He was a hero. He is a hero and everything like that. I was like, why Why are they trying to make it seem like he didn't save the world and he didn't do all this other stuff? And yet, you know, he's lost so much time and everything like that. And I didn't understand that really at all. But they were making it seem like, you know, he didn't just have five years of his life just taken from him. You know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, the guy was in the quantum realm for who knows how long and yet he comes back and you know his whole world is turned upside down you know literally and figuratively so you know i didn't like the direction that they the the character arc so to speak for scott and his daughter because i was just like this ain't this ain't really good at all you know i wasn't buying it from the beginning and they kind of it sticks with you for a long time like it's really they hit you over the head with the idea that he's that he's going to be the, the 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 knight in shining armor, which he is, but they just the way they do it in this roundabout way is just so kind of it's so kind of demoralizing and disappointing to say the least. 
I didn't really buy it at all. I wasn't really a fan of it. I didn't really care for it much. It got annoying after a while. You know, the aspect of him and his daughter. Now, when it's just him by himself, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is an amazing Scott Lang as Ant-Man. He's great. He's likable. He's a good he's the he's the hero you can root for, so to speak. You know, he's the guy that can take a punch and keep on coming and everything like that. Kind of like the under he's the underdog in this and everything like that. And, you know, when it's Scott kind of proving himself, like they say in the movie every single time, you got to look out for the little guy. He's the little guy that you got to look out for because, you know, not everybody's going to have somebody that looks out for them and everything like that. But when he is Ant-Man, when he's Scott Lang, when he's motivated, when he's on top of his shit, you can really get behind Scott Lang. He's the common man. He's the underdog that everybody roots for and everything like that. And that's fine. I like that. I like the idea that he can be he can be looked at as a hero not too big, not too small, no pun intended. And everything like that. But you know, it it it's other things that kind of distract from that. There's not enough of it, so to speak. Like when it was in the first Ant-Man, it really it really drives home the fact that Scott needs a, Scott needed a second chance. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was the idea that it was the idea that uh, Scott was kind of taken. Now, Scott, in my opinion, the second film, he did kind of take a backseat because it was the whole idea of what they were what they were looking for, what they find, and what they find in the in um, Janet Van Dyne. And then the same thing happened. Now, in this one, you could Quantum you could feel that as if you know he's kind of his character has kind of come full circle, so to speak, and everything like that. But. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that they do make another one. I would like to see Scott take on, you know, something else and kind of see where his character arc goes from here with his new kind of, his newfound glory, so to speak, and everything like that. Now, the one, I, I was saving this for the very end, but the one thing I will say about this film, I think the only thing about this film that was great, that was non, that was great all the way through, was Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. He nailed this role. I think everything about him, his mannerisms, everything about him looks and feels and screams, you know, Avengers-level threat. You can totally see that this guy is not to be not to be fucked with. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is going to be a major player, so to speak. We got a small glimpse of him in the season finale of Loki and you thought that was bad like he specifically warned us in that show in that episode you kill me now something much more menacing is going to come for you and you're not going to like it and the same thing happens in quantum mania if you don't help me get out of here the rest of my variants will not be so you know, there will be another version of me. And, you know, but it kind of reminded me of the whole, you know, the Hydra theory, you know, cut one head off, cut off one head, two more shall take its place. It's like these guys, they're telling you, they are telling you straight from the very beginning that do not kill this man because he is the only thing keeping all of that, all of the horror, all, he's the one keeping the storm at bay. You kill him now, the storm is going to be bad when it gets here. 
and the idea that we've already know, we kind of get an idea of what we're going to be up against in Kang Dynasty, but it's like, you know, I, I like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, but the the two post credit scenes that they have in this film, you have no idea what's coming, do you? And the idea that we, I am just in utter shock on how right he's been this entire time. You have no idea what's coming, and you have no idea what what hell is about to be unleashed. This guy will wipe the fucking MCU off the face of this earth, and people just look at him like another villain. Like, no, dude, you thought Thanos was bad. He, The Mad Titan don't got nothing on the Conqueror. Um, now, the one thing I will say about this film is that a lot of people keep expecting that something... Is going to happen, like there's going to be a new character introduced, they're going to leave you hanging for another one, but no, no, no. But no, none of that really happened. They didn't really show anything new. Like they spoiled, Mo- people were spoiling MODOK in the uh, in the trailers and all that other stuff, which is fine. I mean, that was cool, but, and it was cool to see them bring MODOK to life, but it, it, uh, it, it, I thought it could have been a whole lot. I thought it could have been better. And I think Modoc really deserves to kind of be a villain of a, of a superhero. Of like, an, and I, I could see him being an Avengers threat. You know, he was the threat in the Avengers video game, and he was a threat in some of the uh, other video games that they've done, like Marvel's Ultimate Alliance and things like that. But I think Modoc could have been a whole lot better, and uh, things like that. But. Jonathan Majors, man, he really, really nails it. I, and, like, to be honest, the fact that we've only seen him in two iterations of the same character, but they're both different, I thought that really speaks volume to what they're trying to do with him. The idea that every single Kang that Jonathan Majors has to play is going to be different from the last one. And the fact that we see those iterations coming through the screen, like we saw one in Loki, we saw one here, we're going to see a whole lot more by the time Kang Dynasty comes out, but... Um, this guy is not to be fucked with really at all. And Jonathan Majors nails the character so decisive. And I thought it was interesting the fact that we're watching him in the fight scene he has with with Ant Man, like the and like and I was expecting like a big CGI fight, and it felt like that for a little while. But then the last like fifteen minutes of the film, this is a fucking throwdown. You know what I mean? Like this is hand to hand. This ain't no you know, it was like in Shang like Shang-Chi had that, like it was a throwdown, like a fist, like a hand-to-hand combat type thing, you know, and Captain America's films had that as well, but like, we, it's been a while since we'd seen those, and everything like that, and I was just like, holy shit, he's gonna, Scott's gonna fight Kang, you know, hand-to-hand, get the fuck out of here, and it looked cool, they showed a little bit of it in the trailer, but I was like, holy shit, I was like, that's how you know, I was like, yep, gloves are off now, ain't gonna be no superhero film, it's gonna be a mano-a-mano type fight, and I couldn't help myself but notice that every time he, every time they would show those, they would cut between the 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 fight with Scott and Kang, and they would cut to something else. I kept, I, I would always notice. I was like, why is it that he looks like he's throwing jabs and punches? Because you know, I guess because they're trying to hype up Creed three because Jonathan Major is going to be the bad guy in that in that movie too. You know, he's he's got that little bit of you know, he's got a little bit of that that boxer stuff in him and everything like that. But I thought it was kind of funny just seeing that. But but anyway, but yeah, Jonathan Majors really, really did an amazing job. 
as Kang the Conqueror. He really nails it and you really understand what his purpose is. He goes, I'm trying to save you. And the idea that the idea that his his ideology, his mindset, his motivation is always the same. Like it's even in Loki it was like that. Like I'm not trying to because I understand you're upset. I understand that I understand that what I'm doing is not what you would think of, is not what you would call good, but at the same time, it's like I'm doing it for the greater good. You know, like it's like the line from Man of Steel in uh when they when Zod it's the it's the speech he gives right before Zod fights Superman. He said, I live to protect my people and my planet. And no matter and the moves that I make, no matter how cruel and grotesque is for the greater good and everything like that. And I was just I was blown away by that because that's the same thing that Kang was talking about. He said, I'm not I'm I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm, no matter how many people get killed, no matter how many people stand in my way, you know, you strike me down and a, a shitstorm is going to brew and you're not going to like it, you know, and I'm going to be I'm here to tell you. Yes, people died. Yes, people, you know, people's lives were trained forever. But, you know, the evil, you know, is much, much easier to deal with than the evil you don't. And I've always I, don't, I can't remember if that's the right saying or not. But the, the idea that, you know, he's they're warning us like but they did the same thing with Thanos. It's like Thanos is coming, you know, and everything like that. So but now Kang is coming. The Conqueror. Well, I don't know if he'll still be the Conqueror. You know, the uh, the next iteration of Kang. I don't know if he'll still be. The, I don't know if he'll still be the Conqueror or not. But I'm looking forward to the future of the MCU. What they do with Jonathan Majors, I'm definitely looking forward to more stuff and every more things that they do with with um, with Kang. And you know, I'm hoping they do him justice. And I can't wait to see. You know, him be an Avengers level threat from Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, the future looks good for Kang. Overall, this movie was, it was better than Ant-Man and the Wasp, but it wasn't better than the part, but, but it wasn't better than the first one, if that makes sense. Like, this movie was good, but not that good. I think it was better than Thor Love and Thunder, but I don't think it was better than, uh, you know, let's say, they like like I've I've seen the Rotten Tomatoes and it's like right below it's like right below the Eternals and I had fucking hated Eternals I thought it was boring didn't really give two shits about it but um but a lot of people are kind of criticizing this film for not being as fun and entertaining as the first two Ant Man films were but I think it was I just think that the story arc between Scott and his daughter really bogged the film down like I didn't really care for it as much I could really give two shits about uh Scott you know that like the trailer made it seem like he's trying to buy time with his daughter because he's so because he missed so much of it and everything like that but in reality you know they so I thought that was that was going to be like the main priority of the film like his main struggle like his internal struggle so to speak but it wasn't it was more so of him trying to be the hero. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not, we know you're the hero. We understand what you've done to save the world and everything like that. So why, why kind of go back to that, you know, and everything like that. So 
And, you know, I, I, I just didn't buy it. I didn't really like it at all. I loved the introduction of Kang the Conqueror and Jonathan Major's performance and all the stuff that surrounded him. I loved the performance from uh, Michael Douglas. I loved the performance from Michelle Pfeiffer. I was very disappointed that Evangeline Lilly kind of takes a backseat to the whole story synopsis and everything like that. But, I mean, it this movie was just... <sighs> I don't know. It, it, like I said, it was better than part two, but not better than part one, if that makes sense. So um, I would recommend it. I would recommend go seeing it in the theater. But if you want to wait till it drops on streaming services, that's on you. I think this movie would have been a whole lot better if you go see it in the theater. Like I saw it in the theater because I wanted it. I wanted the experience of a movie like that in the theater. You know, it was a cool movie theater going experience, so to speak. But I know a lot of people weren't impressed by it a lot of people saying it's a terrible movie and everything like that i don't think it was that terrible i just think it was disappointing to say the least like it wasn't all it wasn't as all the hype surrounding the movie wasn't good but i think the hype surrounding jonathan majors was like top notch it was on par it was definitely worth the hype and to be honest keep hyping him up because i want to see him take down all the new avengers and everything like that so you know the future looks good for the future looks good for Kang. I don't know what the future holds for Scott Lang and the Ant Man film series, but who knows? Maybe we will get a fourth Ant Man film. Uh, I mean, we got a fourth fucking Thor movie, and we're probably gonna get a fourth Spider Man film, and probably might even get a fourth Doctor Strange film. So, or a third Doctor Strange film. Yeah, it'll be a third Doctor Strange. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but as as of right now, I'm looking forward to the other films that are coming out in the MCU, like this year alone, I think Guardians 3 and the Marvel, well, I don't know about the Marvels, you know, maybe if I see a trailer, I'll probably get behind it, but who knows, that's neither here nor there. Overall, this was a solid movie, it could have been a whole lot better, but I think this is probably the second time that we've got a superhero film where... It's the second time in the MCU that I remember where the villain's performance outshines everybody else in the entire movie. Like in Thor The Dark World, as crappy as the film that was, Tom Hiddleston as Loki really shines through that entire film. He has a roller coaster of emotions and steals the entire fucking movie. The same thing happens in here with Quantumania, Kang the Conqueror steals every fucking scene that he's in. He's a phenomenal character and it's beautifully played by Jonathan Majors. I cannot express this enough. If you're going to go see this movie definitely watch it for the right reasons and I think the main reason everybody's trying to watch it is because of the villain. You know, Marvel's track record with villains hasn't has been hit and miss and I but I think I think they really hit the 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 they really hit the head on the nail with um uh it was a nail on the head with Kang the Conqueror. You know, it was a great performance. Jonathan Majors definitely looking forward to the Kang Dynasty and him, you know, being the next Thanos, so to speak. So the future looks good for him. I'd give this movie probably about a 6.5 out of 10. I know it's kind of low, but, you know, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a B plus, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's a B plus. So you got to take the good with the bad. But there's a lot of bad and a lot of good. So, you know. I think because it's a lot of bad, it's the reason why I can't go any higher. But if you're going to go see it, definitely see it in the theater. But if you're going to wait for the streaming service to drop, go ahead and wait. 
Uh, but that's going to bring that's going to be the end of our episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse 21. Uh, let me know what you guys thought about Ant-Man Quantumania. Where do you rank it as far as MCU films? Where do you rank it among the three Ant-Man films? Are you excited You know what the future holds for Ant-Man and Kang the Conqueror? Whatever the case may be, let me know. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse 21 uh, Be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Um, last night, we dropped the WWE uh, Elimination Chamber review. That was kind of crazy and everything like that. And I think later tonight, after it drops, we will be uh, reviewing the, the, the sixth episode of The Last of Us. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. Uh, I'm not too sure what else is going to come out uh, this this month, but we'll see what happens. As far as uh, other movies coming out, I know Creed 3 is on the horizon, so I'll probably do a cover of the first two Creeds and then do Creed 3, just like I did Ant-Man. Uh, so be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.